Welcome to Color Me Happy. My name is Brandy Hofer. Thank you so much for being here today. I sure do appreciate it. Uh, this week we're talking about rolling with it. The theme in our community and on my newsletter. Um, so that's Color Me Happy community. It's free to join. You're welcome to be there. It's a beautiful community filled with really supportive, wonderful people. And newsletters, really fun. I do weekend inspiration. So we always have a little theme and uh, we chat in there and I try to make you feel better about life. (laughs) Kind of like we do here. Um, But in like an inspiring, feel good way. And so, yeah, we're talking about rolling with it. I feel like you have like uh, young people in your lives or in general in life. Rolling with it is way easier than fighting the current. And in fact, our guest here today, Jeff, and I speak about just that. And he gave a really visual uh, reference to what I'm saying is if you're in a river and you're walking upstream fighting the current, arms open, um, it's just you it's it feels hard it's impossible it's it's wearing you down and eventually you you drown right um and i always i actually talk about that in my book i specifically give not the same reference but similar instead of turning with the current and and letting it flow past you um so I think a lot of that goes with, and what we've been talking a lot in the podcast about is uh, manifesting and trusting in whatever it is you believe in. So God, the universe, uh, energy, any any sort of thing like that, or not believe. Uh, it's I actually didn't believe in a lot of things for a long time. And as soon as I started um, acknowledging that there was you know, or seeing that something was on my side and that coincidences started happening and and there were little messages. And if, if they weren't, they sure make me feel better. <laughs> That's for sure. So, um, and it actually started with the loss of my mom and finding dimes everywhere, which is a very long story. And I talked about it in a solo episode. Um, you can go back and find that somewhere. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. I can't even help you. <laughs> it's in my it's in one of the episodes and it's the solo ones are usually like shorter um and I usually cry but again they make you feel really good um so we're rolling with it and and where I came up with the theme of the week is um rolling with it actually has gotten me to some pretty cool places most recently in New York um one of the pieces in in the collection actually so my son Finn painted an exercise ball which is super like annoying right like he wasted a whole bottle of paint on the exercise ball and he like squished it all over it and I was like ah you know and of course I was like upstairs making dinner in sweats and whatever I didn't I was just like I was pissed off and annoyed and I have three of those so right so literally it's it's a funny story because I did just roll with it and I took that ball and I took that paint and you can see on my Brandy Hofer Studios uh, reels um, that the painting where I press exercise ball onto the page that painting actually got chosen to go to New York uh, to the affordable art fair with PXP Contemporary Gallery Uh, so cool things happen if you roll with it a little bit Um, you know, we can always make these grand plans, but if we leave it open, if we leave it open to, it usually turns out better. It's like making space. It's like meditating and making space and, and things usually like, just like gifts come into that space. And, 
And if we over plan and over predict, and if we have these expectations, usually, usually you're let down. So why not, you know, do it the other way? It's way more fun. It's way more fun. Um, Kids have really taught me to roll with it, especially having three energetic boys. And our guest today, oh, actually, before I say that, um, so that collection, the Taylor collection, uh, go check it out at brandyhofer.ca. It is like, I don't know what's going on. I just sold four from my collector, uh, Robin, who runs the Saskatchewan Network for Art Collecting. Uh, yeah, if you had your eye on any of originals, I would go get them. I have been chipping like a queen. <laughs> And feels good. Feels good because there were there were years where uh, you know I was painting to heal. So you know I painted a lot. I I'm very prolific when it comes to creating, whether it be writing and or uh, painting or anything like that. It's just like a part of me, and um, I love it. It's the easiest part of everything I do. Um, and so yeah, there were a lot of years where I was painting really, really hard and I'm, I'm grateful I did because, uh, like my skill levels, you know, got better and, and I figured out things I heal about myself and I, I took that time to heal. It was, is a great way to, uh, meditate in a way. And, um, it's just, it feeds your soul. Um, so I'm grateful for that. And and like Ellie Milan says, the founder of the Milan Institute, she said, if you don't have 40 or more pieces, you're not in the game. So that made me feel better about having an abundance of art. <laughs> but now I'm actually, it's tipping the scales because I've worked so hard in the, in the writing realm and, uh, you know, uh, and the podcast and the community. And um, I haven't quite been doing that as much, which I don't mind. I needed a break. And so now I'm just like, shit, I'm running out of stuff. <laughs> I'm not. It's it's fine. And and uh, it's all a season. And this one's been a fun one. So thank you for being here. You're really going to enjoy our conversation today with Jeff, uh, best-selling author um, and so many other things. And he is someone I admire and look up to. He also has multiple children and has run a business and followed his dreams and pivoted and switched careers. And uh, it just, it just, this one will make you feel good. It's really motivating. Uh, Jeff's really well-spoken and I certainly fucked up the record, which was hilarious. Jeff talked for like 23 beautiful minutes and I made him start over. So here you go. Here, here start off with that. In the recording wasn't still going. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. That whole Story thing is so good. That whole thing. Oh my gosh, no. You weren't kidding about a raw podcast. Yeah. Sorry, Jeff. No worries. Oh, that's oh no. I'm is it so that whole sorry. thing? The whole, whole like, yeah. Okay. So it would have that's all been right. we the second over. time we came in. Yeah, we're starting over. Okay. Fuck. I booked off the whole day for you, just so you know. So. Did you? <laughs> That's all right. I, okay, <clears throat> never happened. I didn't see a little recording sign there. I'm like, should uh, I say something to her? Yes, I'm like, you should have. She's the professional. She's nope. the one that has the podcast. She knows no, what she's I doing. No, I screw up. I screw up lots of times. That's good. Okay, so now. <laughs> From the top. You will really, and I'm keeping this in here. So I messed up. Jeff was telling the most beautiful story. <laughs> <laughs> and I was not recording. 
let's let's do it again. Okay, we'll be really good at it this yes, time. Yes, we better like, be. Very streamlined. And okay, Jeff is here, and he's a best-selling author and entrepreneur. Now I can now I can introduce you without the awkward like I made you introduce yourself last time, <laughs> which I really appreciated. <laughs> yeah, just um, embarrassing. Sorry. Um, I know Jeff on a personal level because. Um, we're actually neighbors, which is really cool. And uh, we always hang out on the street. Everyone hangs out on the street with their multiple children. There's so many children here. And um, I, it's hard to repeat yourself, but we're gonna do it. Um, we're gonna do it uh, without right. talking about it too much. Um, so I was actually, I was in the throes of motherhood. I just had Teddy um, and Speaking of burnout, that's actually when my family, and we just spoke of burnout, but I'm going to speak about it tonight. That's when my husband, partner and I were like, when we had our third child, we were burning out hard. Um, so I was just trying to like keep afloat with like just selling paintings. And um, here we go. Just selling paintings and and like, like not sleep through the night. Now I'm getting. I can't hear you again. <laughs> what I think the recording is causing the feedback, and that's when the feedback. I'll tell you what, we have literally got nothing up to this point. Why don't we just both exit and go go back in? That seemed to work the Hold first on. time. I'll just there. I am not feedbacking, but the vacuum's going behind me, so that sucks. <laughs> this one's okay. <laughs> Hello. There we go. We're good. We have to do this before I start sweating. So uh, I also sweat. Focus up. I don't talk to anyone ever, even in this. So don't feel like you're not alone. <laughs> um, okay. So I was in the throes of motherhood and we were all on the street. You weren't there, but you were featured um, by our local papers because you had written this amazing book and you were about business management, but you were also. Uh, so you're best-selling author and featured by Forbes, which I want to talk to you about more about that and how that happened too later on. Uh, yeah. And I was for some reason, I'm not, I wasn't thinking about writing. I'm not an author. And I was for some reason really jealous of Jeff for writing a book and being successful. And I'm like, why? But then I went back into like, you know, doing doing what we do and like struggling with our children and trying to keep afloat with two running i was running a business from home and my partner uh, also runs and owns actually a similar business to what you're involved in so a home building i always call it the wood store so sorry <laughs> it's very technical not. yes <laughs> it's not it's like a home building supply whatever you yeah. know yeah. anyway uh so Jealousy. I want you to talk about jealousy. It's not a bad word. It's it's what keeps you like in check of like so it's telling you somewhere inside that you want to be doing what that person is doing and in a way in yeah. like a good way. Yeah. So uh, for the third or fourth time now, thanks for having me on your show. <laughs> Um, yeah, so um, I think there's a difference between jealousy and envy. Um, I think jealousy in the right context um, can be a good thing. It can motivate you. It can bring awareness to things that maybe you didn't know resided in you. Um, 
envy, I think, is the toxic version of that. It's the excess. So um, when I was in a um, an authoring uh, social media group and th when I was going through the process of writing my book, um, I found jealousy to be a good thing. Um, it did motivate me. There was a lot of uh, times when I did not want to get up you know, two hours before everybody else. I didn't, I was jealous of the people sleeping in the bed. Um, but I was also uh, jealous of the people that were, had the books coming out and, you know, overcame that next big hurdle. And to me, that was actually the fuel that got me out of bed and got me into the, you know, into the coffee shop at six o'clock in the morning. Um, so I think that's a good thing. Um, I think jealousy is also an opportunity to bring awareness to things that you didn't know were inside you. So you, you know, maybe you woke up that morning and you saw, the article or you heard about what the neighbors were saying and obviously you're like maybe i want to write a book so i think that's really healthy um mm -hmm. uh i have caught myself being envious um you know when there are some of my author friends have launched a successful business and i've restarted my course three times because i keep taking it in a different direction based on the feedback of my clients and things like that i'm kind of jealous that they're here and i'm here so um, I think the, the main difference, uh, between jealousy and envy is how is it affecting you? Is it, is it being used for good or is it being in being for, you know, for you to be pro productive or is it, uh, wasting your time, wasting your energy? Is it causing, you know, getting that blood pressure up? Um, <clears throat> there's a really great saying that uh, envy is the thief of joy. So, um, I think that is something that I had put on a post-it note at one point. So when I, you know, I would see a social media post and I was jealous but then I started stalking their whole Facebook page um, and going through everything. I'm like, okay, hey, now this is envy. This isn't good. And uh, I think it's really important that you just can bring, you know, have that self-awareness, check in with yourself. And when you feel like it's no longer serving a purpose, you got to, you know, cut ties from that. Mm -hmm. Being conscious of your, your time and your energy and where you're putting it. Um, so many things. And it's like a suck hole can and take us there, especially these days. Like it's right at our fingertips. Um, it, it like, it, it's so triggering. So being conscious of where you're putting your time and energy to on your device and mm -hmm. is it moving me in the right direction? Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes jealousy can also bring you back to your values to a certain degree, because there are times where I have gone the other way. I mean, even after I wrote the book where I'm now working on my course, um, and you know, my second book, which will be kind of an extension of that, um, where I'm on my way to a coffee shop at nine o'clock at night. And I see, I drive by all the kids in our driveway that are, you know, playing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of jealous of the parents that are playing with their kids right now. And that is on more than one occasion said, you know what? I'm actually not going to do that tonight. I'm going to come back play video games with the kids or we'll, you know, do have a fire in the backyard or something like that. So mm -hmm. I think it can be used for good in different avenues, not just, you know, for one sole purpose. Yeah. And what I love about that is that is kind of the universe and the world saying, you know what, you need to take space. You need to slow down. You need to spend time with your family and then you'll have more energy and more you know excitement when you do get that time to yourself when you do get to work on the things you want to do that's what i kind of love about the balance yes. of parenthood and having ambitions and dreams and running your own business or practice is because they kind of force you to check in with being present in the moment and that's what kids are so good at yes i mean i think we could all just on as uh, they take up a lot of time, they take up a lot of energy, but you know, I think more often than not, you know, if we listened a little more to the, to our kids, um, we could probably take some valuable lessons out of the day to day from them.
Oh yeah, like um, they've of course affected my personal practice with like freedom and expression and mm -hmm. then just being outside in general. I don't think I would be so, I get outside like now four to six hours a day, which I wouldn't normally do. And we all know that's really good for you. Yeah. I want to talk about uh, your personal journey and how you got to where you are because I mean, it's over what a span of like 15 years or yeah. more like yeah. it's uh, a bit of a saga where you started i want i want to i want i've heard about it already Three today again morning. and and, <laughs> and actually so i after after i was jealous of jeff like um and i it took me a while to realize i wanted to write a book um actually my baby teddy had just learned strider and went through jeff's driveway and he started talking to me and i realized that i could just ask jeff what, like jeff was like oh you you i heard you're doing this and doing that and i love what you're doing here and then i started you asking you questions and you were so open and so generous with your time and answers i think we stood there for like half an hour geeking out and then to follow up on that we've had lots of coffee coffees and talk for hours and 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 geeked out really hard yeah um so uh that's why i brought you on because i just i feel such a great connection and flow when we when we chat and so i've heard jeff's journey but i want everyone here listening to hear it too because i think each of our journeys is really like a building block to the foundation of where we were meant to be. And what I love about part of your story is like, if you hadn't done some of it, like your life would never be the same, like yeah. how you met your partner and all of that. So yeah. go for it again for the second time today. <laughs> <laughs> and then one more in French after that. <laughs> um, yeah, actually just, you know, I just want to touch on one thing before I jump into my story. I read a really good book. Um, um, in the spring uh it's called green lights by matthew mcconaughey i'm not sure yeah if you read that after book. you told me to read it i started listening yeah. um to it it's one of the four i'm listening to at once but yeah like... it's, a, it's a fantastic book because um when in the moment oftentimes you don't feel like you are making the right decision or you're wondering why this thing is happening to you um and you know, I've told the story, you know, many times, but when I read this book there, you know, the gist of the story is that, uh, throughout his whole life, you know, there's things that seem like red lights, but they're actually green lights. And it's actually the universe pushing you in the right direction. And there's some things that he thought was green lights, but they're actually red lights. And, you know, maybe you had to pivot. So it was just really funny when I was reading this book, I, I like to highlight in my book and I, I highlighted just about the entire book because I felt like everything just resonated <laughs> with me on, uh, on a level here. But yeah, so with my story, um, uh, you know, out of high school, I thought I was going to uh, become an architect. I decided I was going to uh, give engineering a shot. My parents kind of pushed me in that direction. Didn't really know what it was, but I thought, you know, sounds like they get to do cool things. Sounds like they get to travel. It sounds like they make a lot of money. So why not? Uh, but after my first year of university um, for general engineering, um, I I passed. It had a 70% failure rate. Um, I did pass, but I was really questioning if that was right for me. But, you know, everyone told me, well, you know, first year is just trying to weed out all the people. Give second year a shot because in second year, it's actually your first year of whatever branch you want to go into. So I went into uh, civil engineering my second year and I did not care for it. And I, I thought this might not be for me. And again, my parents and my peers 
we're saying, well, maybe civil engineering isn't for you. Why don't you give a different, you know, branch a shot? So the third year I came back and I restarted my second year um, uh, going into mechanical engineering. And by that point, I'm three years invested. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting decent grades. I'm, I'm passing everything. But I'm like, this just does not feel like me, just the culture, the people. They're all great people. It's an awesome, you know, it's an awesome profession for a lot of people, but it just wasn't for me. Um, so I really had to do kind of some soul searching that summer. And <clears throat> where my friends were good, starting to get intern positions with engineering companies, I need, I did do a 180. I literally said, I want to be as far away from a computer and math and people and all that stuff. And so I ended up uh, getting a job um, at a, uh, a business in town here, a home hardware, um, home improvement center. And I was hired as a delivery driver, which sounded great. It was being the sunshine, physical activity. Um, and it just, I had some friends that were working there. So, it, and it was an amazing summer. Uh, but that was also the summer that uh, I, I met my wife because she was working there. And, uh, you know, we got talking and then I realized a little, you know, few weeks into it that this was actually my boss's daughter. So you, <laughs> you, you do what any 20 year old does. You go for it and you start being your boss's daughter. So yeah. <laughs> that's a whole nother story for another time. Um, but, uh, but it did work out. Um, but I actually, I did end up completing my uh, engineering course over the next three years. Uh, but every summer I would come back and go back to that store and I would learn a different part of the business. So one year it was in the yard, then it was on the lumber sales desk, and then it was on the floor. And then by that point, I was taking on some managerial roles and kind of learning about the back end of the business. And uh, before I graduated <clears throat> university, I did make the decision like, hey, I'm better. I'm closer to finishing than starting over. So I'll get my degree. Uh, which I did. And then I also kind of determined I do, in fact, want to be an entrepreneur. My dad was an entrepreneur, so it is in our blood. Um, but I'm like, instead of going back to school and going into commerce and all that, which I had definitely, uh, the novelty of university had certainly worn off at that point, uh, I decided it was best to just get firsthand experience and learn how to run a business. So, uh -huh. so yeah, so against conventional wisdom, I shelved the engineering degree um, and I never looked back. Now, um, you know, it would be, I'd be lying if I said the next few years were just, you know, perfect. Um, cause I thought they would be, I, you know, I, I took a bit of a, uh, jump into the unknown and, but I, it was something that I knew I was passionate about and I loved, but the next few years were pretty, pretty intense. Um, you know, like so many entrepreneurs have brought into this notion that to be successful, you had to work really hard. You had to wear all of the hats in your business. You had to basically do everything and be everything for everyone all the time. Um, but I was burning the candle at both ends and, um, you know, I reached a point where I no longer felt successful. So I was working around the clock, stepping out fires, micromanaging my team. Cause that's what I thought you did. Uh, I'd come home stressed out and completely drained to the point that I couldn't even play with my children, like, uh, my daughter at that point. And, um, my personal life was basically non-existent. So it, I had this aha moment at some point that, you know, I had essentially become my own best employee and the business was running me. So I kind of tried to push through that as best I could. Um, but in 2008, so maybe three years after I graduated, uh, my life changed forever. Um, my wife and I uh, welcomed my daughter into the world and my, our first kid. And then uh, with just within a few months after that, we had to say goodbye to my sister who uh, passed away unexpectedly to complications of Crohn's disease. And, you know, we were all absolutely devastated. So, of course. Yeah. So, so here I am a new father who's dealing with this immense loss. I'm trying to be here for my parents, my wife, you know, my daughter still trying to keep the family business going on top of that. 
And, you know, I did, I worked really hard to try and keep it all together, but I just hit a point where I completely broke down. And How could you? Yeah. How, that's, I saw, we experienced similar, you yeah. know, trage tragedies at the same time. And yeah, my husband totally, and I've talked about this before, so I know it's okay to mention. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Cause he, he's talked about it. Yeah. Like a total a total like i've never seen him but yeah like so he lost his father and all of a sudden he has this whole business right and then a full family we everyone leaning on one person but also grief like grief yeah. demands to be felt 100 and and at that time you feel like the best thing you can do is not acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, I'm going to just keep being the strong person for my family. I'm going to be keeping the strong person for our employees in the business. But, you know, everyone's got a breaking point. And, you know, I hit rock bottom. I, I developed cr crippling anxiety. I We have no, uh, well, at the time, I didn't realize, maybe, you know, with mental health issues. It wasn't really something you, it was really in full focus and people talked about you know no and you know what everyone talks about uh like right now like it's very focused on as it should be like gender gap and and things mm -hmm. for women women and what time has done but also a uh, uh, product of that our like parents generation is men aren't allowed to feel right men aren't allowed to show weakness men aren't allowed to uh you know have anxiety be human. Be tired. yeah be human and um and it's just it's just not it's not realistic and well and it was it was uh it was very bizarre because like i said i had i had never experienced a panic attack before in my life and i had never seen uh and i didn't even know what it was to be honest so i'm waking up and i feel like i'm actually going to die like oh they, like they say they say impending doom i think is the uh the definition of a panic attack um, and it's no joke. I mean, um, you, and you don't know what's wrong with you and you feel like oh, you're gosh. going crazy, but you also feel like you're actually physically, your body's shutting down. So it was, it was pretty scary. And, you know, I was, I had depression for a while and, you know, I got to a point where I just didn't feel like myself, obviously, but, um, I had allowed myself to grieve probably not as much as I should have, but I also knew I had to make some big changes in my life regardless, because it wasn't just the death of my sister this this was that was just kind of the straw that broke the camel's back there was so much build up to that so um so i knew i needed to improve my health but i also wanted to improve my life um i knew i wanted to be happy i wanted to come to work feeling inspired i wanted to do things that energized me i was coming to work you know for so long where it was like okay what are we dealing with today and resent I, you were resentful of well it, yeah and you yeah. shouldn't feel that way when like so many people would be so grateful to be you know in the position or for or, sure you know and it's even like even with you like um i i'm not an artist but i mean i could imagine if you have a a canvas that's half completed and you want to just get that finished and you're really excited for it or you're you're waiting to start a mural but you can't because you're so stuck in a different part of the business you can't even really feel passion about that because your eyes are constantly focused on that other thing you want to be doing and mm. you want to do it you just can't physically find the time or the energy or the you know the mentality to do it so so yeah I, I knew i wanted to just come to work feeling really good and energized um but you know also outside of work i wanted to spend more time with my friends and my family i wanted to take some time for myself which sounded super selfish back then but we all need that and, you know, through trial and error, I was able to figure everything out and get my life back on track. Um, but it's funny because when I reflect back on it, it turned out the key that kind of unlocked everything was to develop 
people and systems that would allow the business to essentially run itself so I could work less and live more. Now, it sounds impossible, um, but it is possible. Um, you just have to kind of find your your push-off point and then work towards that. So, so that was kind of the first part of the story. Um, and that's kind of, at that point, that's when I wrote my book. Now, the second part of the story happens a decade later. Um, after I developed the framework, I turned it in, and turned it into a best-selling book. Uh, in 2018, uh, my parents went on a trip to Las Vegas to celebrate their wedding anniversary. And on the last day of their vacation, my dad has a heart attack in the airport and dies. So uh, once again, incredibly shocking, incredibly devastating. Of course, yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> and it was also really tragic because he was honestly just like three or four months away from retirement. And oh my gosh, he was actually supposed to retire uh, a year before that. Um, but they kept him on board for kind of a succession planning thing. And he was happy doing it. He wasn't working as hard as he had been, but I had encouraged him to do traveling and things for a long time. And, uh, but anyway, yeah, so this happened just a few, few months before he retired. So, you know, when I'm looking at, you know, in, in the rear view mirror, you know, my sister passed away when she was 25, thinking she had her whole life ahead of her. Uh, my dad, who again, was an entrepreneur. He worked seven days a week for 40 years. Cause that's what you did back then. Mm -hmm. uh, he passes away just shy of his retirement. And for me, the writing is like on the wall, you know, life is short. There are no guarantees and there's no perfect time to live, you know, your dream life because when you're going, you know, when you're young, you have less money. And when you're old, you have less time in your energy. And that's just the way it is. Right. So, so, the, you know, there is, there is a silver lining to all, all, all of this. Obviously uh, we have an opportunity to fix things that are standing in our way. Um, and, but we have to do it now because that's the only time we really have. And, uh, again, in that book, green lights, they really emphasize that, which that was something that really resonated with me. And so, you know, that's, uh, that's my mission. That's my passion. I think that's why I was put on this earth, everything, all the challenges, all the obstacles, why me? I think that this is all built up to this point where, you know, I'm here to help overwhelmed entrepreneurs make those necessary pivots in their business so they can, you know, truly build a life they love. And, mm -hmm. And the one thing that I just want to kind of get out of the way, because it does come up from time to time, people say, well, uh, you know, this dream life, what's a dream life anyway? And I, I really want to make the clarification that dream life is not a perfect life. Um, a dream, a perfect life is when nothing bad happens, everything goes right. And that is a completely unrealistic expectation anyone should have. Mark, Mark Manson says in his book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, yes. and I quote this all the time, is that everything sucks some of the time. Yes. You just have to decide which, which, what do you want to be doing when the suckery happens? Like, that's it. 100%. Like, what can you keep doing when some of the stuff like hits the fan and and what can you be like, well, that was just a road bump and or, uh, yeah. And, and, the you know, the, and, and I'll just, you know, keep focused on the other good things that are going on in this business right. or whatever even, you're doing. Even the Navy SEALs, they have a saying says embrace the suck. Like it's going to happen. Just For deal sure. with it. So yeah, yeah so I, uh, a dream life isn't a perfect life. What a dream life is, is looking back at the end of your life and saying, I have no regrets. I don't, I don't feel bad about, you know, taking that chance, even if it didn't work out because you know, what if that didn't happen and I have to live my whole life of regret, right? What so, if you didn't go to engineering 
Yeah, well, exactly. cool. And we're so burnt out. You took a job as a truck driver. <laughs> you wouldn't have the life you're living. Like, for sure. And honestly, even so with even with engineering, um, you know, I have zero regrets going there because I it gave me an incredible work ethic. Um, yeah. And it, it just to see things objectively and differently and meet some great people along the way. So, yeah. So anyway, uh, so that's the story. Uh, it's still unfolding. Um, and you know, at some point, you know, when I have the uh, when I wrote the book, which I know we can talk about in a second, but when I wrote the book, um, I realized that I wanted to it also to be a bit of a like a series of life life lessons for my kids. Um, so that was also part of the reason why I wrote the book. Not that I expected them to read it or necessarily use it, but it was just kind of a way to compile all my thoughts at the time. Yeah. Um, what I love about your book is uh, like it's about business management and so for someone like me who who like will pick a book up like called big magic because it's, it's yeah it's just for creatives but if i want to expand my practice and i have into like i i'm just as soon as it happens i'm so excited so author i'm calling myself an author already okay Call it now so, I'm an yeah. author, educator, muralist, like that is a business. That is a business that is, um, and I was just attending the business awards last night and I'm like, you know, it's really hard. Even my own partner was like, but are you a business? And I was like, of course I was like, was fucking mad yeah. when he said that. Awkward but drive it, home. <laughs> it is, no, he, not last night he said that. Oh. He said that when I was nominated. Because, oh, I see, yeah, yeah. And you know what? That's what your partners are for. They're for you to get pissed off and be like, because someone might say that to me later yeah. on. Or um, how am I considered a business? And people might not understand because the majority of what I do is online. I don't have like somewhere where people can walk up into the thing and, and get a service. Like, but what about what I'm doing is not a service like mentorship, all that stuff. It is, it just isn't like a physical, um, physical thing. So, uh, I need, like, I need people to expand my business and, mm -hmm. and I need to hire a, a staff and it, it's not going to look the same for everyone, of course, but what I love about your book and I zipped right through it because it's so approachable and it it it's applicable for everyone everyone can take something away if you want to listen to it or i like physically like you uh picking up something like this and making notes in it um and or pictures or circling and highlighting and you talk about your family and you talk about uh like right away really inspiring um oh that's connecting the dots you probably know this like inside out, but it talks about mindset yeah. and, and all of those great things, which are so important. And so many people kind of bypass, they don't think about how important those things are uh, manifesting in mindset. And so when I bring up manifesting, you weren't a believer, correct? And like too much, and you were taking the course and what did you write down? Like, I love this story. Uh, Geez, I'm trying to remember what I wrote down now. Uh, you you told me? me this once. I can tell it. Oh, you, you tell it. I, I can't even okay. remember. So your your wife and her sister are very into like universal intelligence and, oh, yeah. and stuff like that, right? And then yeah. part of your book writing, uh, was it a class or a course when you were in with other authors? Yeah. 
Uh, so they did a manifesting exercise and you only wrote down one thing i, I thought it was to be featured on forbes oh yes 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 yeah. yes. okay i know where you're going with this now. okay, okay thank you <laughs> sorry uh, worst interview ever it's um, not it's so great no, no okay well this is the, okay yeah so there's actually uh actually it wasn't my it wasn't my um my authoring course i actually took a publicity course and mm. um which is funny because I really like to learn and where I personally excel at is learning things and not apply them. <laughs> so uh, it's just like a hobby of mine. I just, I love learning. So um, I took this publicity course almost immediately after my book came out because I was thinking I'm, I'm going to do all these press releases. I'm going to do, you know, all these podcasts, you know, all these things. <laughs> and, um, and yeah. And, and part of the course they said, well, name five things that you, you know, that you want to be featured. And the only place that I could honestly, Think it was i want forbes right I, I don't want anything else um i mean i would and it would i would be grateful for it but uh, i wasn't going to actively pursue it i just wanted to actively pursue forbes um <clears throat> so that actually happened uh i put that in there and then this was actually right around the time when my when my father passed away so a lot of that stuff ended up getting put on the back burner and i didn't pursue the publicity for uh some time and mm -hmm. uh but what was funny is um I just on my on Amazon and I have a few different dashboards for different platforms, but I was just like looking through randomly and um, uh, my, my book sales just shot right through the right through the roof. And I'm like, that seems super, super odd. <laughs> and uh, like, I, like I, I, I have decent book sales uh, every day, but this was like way above and beyond anything I would have expected. And I don't make a habit of Googling myself, but I, I had to figure out what was going why? on here. Why? Yeah, why was going on in the stats? Yeah. yeah. And uh so I googled myself, which I can't even believe I'm saying that. Um but uh right at the top was my book was featured um in Forbes as a top read for 2020. And uh what was in incredible about the whole thing was I literally up to that point I'm not gonna lie, I didn't really get too far into the manifestation. I believed in mindset and I believed in, you know, making sure you're physically and mentally prepared for challenges and all that, but it just put it in something out in the universe seemed a little at the time wonky for me. Um, I'm a, I'm a believer now though, because uh, <laughs> that was completely unsolicited. Um, someone found, came a copy. I hadn't done any interviews up to that point. I hadn't done any publications or press releases or anything. This uh, contributor for Forbes literally just had a copy of my book for, I still don't know how loved it and and put it in there so that, that you know you literally couldn't have asked for anything better in terms of that which is funny because i had this whole binder and exercises of all these things i had to do to try and get into <laughs> forbes good book it just happened so it just went boop just put that thing to the side there and i'm just going to manifest from now on that's all i need to that's do that's kind so. of you had it together though like you yeah. put oh, the yeah, steps sure. together that's that's manifesting too like this 100%. is what i see happening and i want it to happen and sometimes you have to be really, and I talk about this too, with uh, not really a lot on the podcast, but with a lot of my uh, online friends and community and my studio manager is we are all very into manifesting because it just, it's so weird. Like I can't explain it and it works, but you also have to be very careful because yeah. it can go in a different way, ways, sometimes yeah. better, but sometimes not. Yeah. And like, it can be so simple, but like, if you're just like, I need more money, you might get like $5 that day. Like yeah. you have to be really specific. And 
A good example this year is what happened to me is I want to be featured by the Jealous Curator, who is this really big woman in the art world. Um, and I had written her a really special testimonial because she had asked, like, should I keep sending these daily newsletters to our society? And I was like, hell yes, you should. This is, this is like, I told her what it meant to me. I'm like, this is you succeeding is like a path for other women. And I just put my heart and soul into this testimonial. She ended up featuring the testimonial, That's but incredible. she's, she features art. Yeah. So my, That's amazing. my manifest for the year, I was like, that's so great, but I really wanted the art to be. Yeah. You but know? you know what? Going back to that book, I'm going to keep talking about green lights. I mean, I think the, the universe pushes you in directions uh, in such subtle ways sometimes. And sometimes it's obvious. But what was really funny was um, the, the Forbes article uh, came out after my dad's passing. And so what was funny was after that, um, I kind of stopped uh, putting the message out there. I'm like, well, I got some book sales. I did what I wanted to do. And, you know, I really, and this was like just literally on the cusp of COVID within a month of when it really kind of took over. I think it was featured in January. <clears throat> and so I, but I was like, okay, this is the universe telling me not to give up. We're not done yet. This is just the beginning. Mm -hmm. So uh, even though I had manifested it a year and a half earlier, sometimes I also think, um, when you manifest something, you think it's like, okay, I want an immediate result. Like, like you no. said, I want money. So where's my five bucks. But yeah. sometimes that $5 won't come for six months or a year from now until when you really need it. Right. Yeah. So, divine timing. Divine yeah, timing. hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I did redo my manifest though. <laughs> I wrote it down. I would like my art to be featured by the jealous curator. And it was not in the way I thought it would be, Yeah, but this, last week i think or the week before it oh, actually right. happened yeah so like even if you fuck up your manifest you get a redo <laughs> there are no rules when it comes there to are no rules <laughs> and it was in the way of like my gallery was featured after we all went to new york so it was like yeah. in the in a more beautiful amazing way um and i think when you leave room and space for not like having such control or tightness over it and you leave a little space uh for it to become it can be better than you think mm -hmm. like sometimes things can turn out in this in this really special uh way that was way more important and impactful than you even envisioned yes. um, and that's when you leave space for others uh and opportunities and and yeah so I think that's a big part of mindset too, though, because uh, I remember uh, I wrote it in my, I used it in my book, but it was an analogy I heard a long time ago um, about imagine you're standing in a river and if you're standing in a river and the water is coming at you and you're facing the current and you're trying to hold it back, you're going to get swept away. Mm -hmm. But if you turn yourself sideways and you allow everything to flow around you, you can be very grounded in where you're at. So I think uh, when you're talking about uh, manifestation, I think there's also a big difference between manifestation and expectations, right? Because, yeah. because you'll, um, with manifestation, what I've learned is you really do need to, it has to come from a super humble place and you have to be okay if it doesn't happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I found since the Forbes thing, you know, there's been a few really notable instances in my life 
that I'm like, it's so odd that this happened because I was just thinking about this and I didn't have a manifestation journal, but it was just something that I kind of put out there in the universe and I let it go and it came back to you, right? It can be a conversation with someone. It can be writing it down. It can just be simply thinking it or saying it out loud or like mm. say this is a really good way is like you were in like a meditation or making space or just like that time right before you fall asleep yeah like something can cross your mind uh because you made the space and then yeah it just all of a sudden comes and you're like oh okay and then you're like well maybe like it it ha it it just it happens i have so many stories and recently because i've been much more open to it like I was standing on the street in New York and I was, and my friend Juliana, who also is a big manifester, she's like, what is your favorite thing to eat? And I had trouble in New York because I'm dairy-free, gluten-free. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I really love Italian. I love Italian. And so she's like, okay. And we're just kind of like staring around. And then 0.3 kilometers right around the corner was the Italian market. So like, oh, yeah. so, so simple. And then, uh, two weeks ago, I was talking to my sister on the phone. She's also a local business owner. So we always like hash things out. Like you can never discount local community and like hashing out other businesses things together because something always comes out of it. Like similarly to what we're doing right now. Yeah. But I was telling her about this large scale commission I had done and how it was so great. And I was having a good time. And I, everyone knows I've said it a million times, so burnt out from doing the small stuff. Uh, and so I had this, I was like, I would love to do more uh, large scale, like female uh, portrait commissions. Lo and behold, get an email from a woman in Texas. Can you do a 60 by 60 inch portrait of me? I love the one you did for Sarah Baumler. Uh, it's in her Florida office. I want something. Can you do that one for me? <laughs> I was just like, well, I can't do that, but I certainly can figure something out. It, it's, it's like, Drink the Kool-Aid, everyone. Yeah. I'm and it's funny. You. One of the biggest things that I have, I struggled with, and I'm, you know, I'm sure you um, experienced as well, either as an uprising artist or, you know, when you're authoring your book or your podcast or anything like that. One of the most influential books that I read um, in my whole life was Big Magic. Like you said, yeah. which again is for content creation. It's got nothing to do with business and yet it's got everything to do with business. And the thing that really stuck out with me was imposter syndrome. And mm. I'm like, who am I to write this stupid book? And who am I to be telling people, you know, what to do with their businesses and their lives? And, you know, obviously they touch on manifestation, but uh, I think the big thing is just putting everything out of the universe and, you know, not to get, you know, too, you know, artsy fartsy. But I mean, the thing is, I think to a certain degree, you know, the universe does probably has multiple plans for you. It's just a matter of which one are you more going to resonate with and you're going to listen when it knocks on your door. Mm -hmm. because um in engineering um what was really funny is my uh uh we had a couple of ideas at the end of your third and fourth year you have to do these design projects and the real clients the real design projects and then when they choose the best the, uh, the best project they'll choose whether or not they want to go ahead with it what was really funny was we ended up um designing doesn't matter it was this kind of technical nerdy thing um but they ended up putting a couple of patents on it and um they ended up not going ahead with it after they patented it and somebody else bought the patent and did something amazing with it. I don't actually know. It was something to do with the turbine and everything else, but uh, we don't had nothing to do with it. Uh, I mean, we didn't see any success out of that because we were just the students and that's part of the gig. 
but it just goes to show you too if you don't that sucks no (laughs) it was fine it was fine but it all worked out but uh but my point was you know sometimes you have these ideas that are sitting in your lap and they'll maybe come around a couple of times but if you don't want to you know if if you're not going to take a hold of it then it'll go find somebody else yeah Yeah, she does she talks about that so much um and 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 kind of like how she was okay with it like you're just like that wasn't my path and it's it's some someone else's you do have to catch it you do have to and that goes with like say you do um have something that crosses your mind as you're falling asleep you gotta write that shit down because you'll forget some like it's funny that's how my book came to be i was uh I, at this point, was toying around with this idea of writing a book, but I'm like, there's so many business books out there. It's it's the most saturated market that exists. Mm. And so I'm like, well, never mind imposter syndrome and how do you write something that sounds unique, even though every business book is basically goes off of the same 10 principles from 200 years ago. Um so how do you stand out? And it was really funny because I was, I had all these ideas in my brain and I had already kind of more or less gone, completed my journey. And I was laying in bed, putting uh, my son to bed. And it was like literally lightning um, in my brain. It was like clone yourself, talk about that. And I had to get up, write it down. He woke up. It was worth it. <laughs> And I literally had to write it down and I was writing it down so fast because I already had like five or six chapters. I'm like, yeah, I can talk about this and this and this and this and this. And then that's how the, you know, the birth of that, you know, came to be. Had to, had to put, uh, had to put Bailey back to bed. But, uh, but from there it was like, yeah, so it's, it's not only just grabbing that idea, but also not letting it go and not giving it Exactly. You know what is so funny? Sorry, I'm just texting my husband to pick up Teddy. Get Teddy. I have no idea where my phone is, so I'm using my watch. Um, there we go. Uh, yeah, so that's, again, like, what I love about having kids is, like, a lot of times with little kids, you have to sit, not by choice, in a dark room with, like, a sound machine on. Yeah. For, like, 10 minutes to an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and that is just, like, a great time for your brain to rest and where, like, that meditation key comes in that you should do it daily. And mm-hmm. everyone says you should. Um, and it's so funny, these things that come into our lives. When you said the business book, I think I have, like, a 60-year-old copy of A Man Thinketh. And that's just, oh, yeah. like, another motivational, like, Jen Sincero talks about that book. And I'm, I just grabbed it out of, in Halifax when I lived in university out of this like used thing. And I was like, as a man thinketh, what is that even? And then after Jen Sincero talked about it, I was like, I have like the oldest copy ever of that book somewhere. And so I read it and it of course is like from a male perspective, but like, again, it's just like the first self-help book it's so cool and i think i think like that's actually why i started my book when you go in there there's a little brief introduction and i jump right in the very first chapter is reset your mindset yeah because i feel that that is if you don't have the right mindset you're already setting yourself up for success or failure before you even do anything it's so you gotta you gotta shake that away and i think when it comes to you and i i think death and loss and grief Mm -hmm. uh kind of just fucking shake that away (laughs) Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent, and it really makes you question: Are you like, like I'm? I'm an extrovert for the most part, um, so I'm generally confident in communicating with people and sharing ideas, even when they're not 
solicited. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but when you get to those low moments, you really you're you're questioning your deepest darkest uh, core, right? Mm -hmm. And and that's why again, big magic was so um important in my life because i didn't know what imposter syndrome was until i had somebody define it i'm like oh okay this is a real thing this isn't just doubt or lack of confidence this is like and then but it's a mindset and so many people suffer from right. from it that's one of my top podcasts is when we talked about imposter syndrome yeah and i think the pandemic and what the last few years everyone went through i think that was also a way to shake all the fruit off the tree for, for some sure. people for sure it's a gift it's it a is. gift. And, uh, uh, and I was going to just say with, uh, with resetting your mindset, like for me, um, one of the most important things that I ever learned um, with resetting your mindset is the number one thing that separates winners from losers is the relationship with failure. Hmm. And so I'm like, okay, when I read that, I can't remember even where I came across that. I was like, that was such a aha moment for me because I'm like, every, we know everybody fails, right? And there's all the motivational quotes that are on Instagram and things like that. But when you actually think about your own personal true failures, um, it's a lot harder to rise above that than you think you you think you could, you know, come out of that. Or to even say it, I could say, oh yeah, I overcame my failures. It's fine to talk about it after the fact. But when you're in that dark, deep you know, moment, it really is up to you and nobody else. How, how am I going to handle that failure? Mm -hmm. But one thing that I also uh, realized, and this was kind of all these emotional, you know, thought and, you know, things I was thinking about as I was getting closer to publishing my book, because I was scared to publish the book. I'm like, what if it sucks? <laughs> what if, what if, I mean, I'm just going to put myself well. out here. It's for me, super... I'm just like, what if there's mistakes in it and we didn't? Well, catch no, exactly, and that's how it like that. Yeah, but uh, but then I thought, okay, well, what's the worst that can happen? And so, if you can manage your expectations a little bit and realize, oh, you know, it's it's not as bad as you think it is, or what's the worst that can happen, and then what happens after that? If you can figure that kind of stuff out, a lot of the scary stuff goes away. Mm -hmm. And um, in the book. Uh, authoring group that I was in, uh, there was a kind of a famous uh, quote uh, from the founder. And uh, he basically said that, uh, you know, as a worst case scenario, my crappy book is better than the one you don't have. And right. so and I was like, hey, you know what, that actually is such a weight off my chest, because it's easy for people to critique anything when you don't have skin in the game. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, so anyway, so I think if there's things that, you know, where you can clarify your expectations with yourself, you can, and you can manage them, you can, you know, lean into failure. You're not afraid of it and change your relationship with it. And, and then honestly, just keep your mind focused on the end and just keep going. And, um, another really, um, important quote in my life was it's okay to, uh, it's okay to fail. It's okay to rest. It's okay to acknowledge your feelings, but it's not okay to quit. Right. right. So that was the original quote or some variation of that. Um, but I do have a caveat to that because I think it's okay to quit if you're quitting for the right reasons. For example, engineering, right? I, yeah. if you follow your heart, you're like, Hey, I feel like, you know, I really need to do this for myself. Then I don't really see that as quit uh, as quitting. I see that as pivoting. And I think there's a big difference there. For sure. Like sometimes things just don't, they're not, they don't work. They're not yeah. working. And you have to acknowledge uh, how it's making you feel and where you feel it in your body and how it's impacting your life. Yes. There's a big difference. And I think uh, another tool that people can take away is 
um, like what your why. So why you're doing the things you're doing. Yeah. If you think about it in that way, it's not as scary. Why are you doing it? Who are you doing it for? Is it above and beyond yourself? And if you think of yourself as a conduit for like, say if you're going to speak about your book or you wrote your book, you're a conduit for that information that is going to help other people. Whether yeah. they, they can take it or they can leave it, that's really none of your business. Yeah. But this, what you can do, it could help one person, it could help 500,000. You just don't know, but if you never do it, it's, it's, it's not, it's, that's, you just have to, it's, it's not, uh, it's funny that you say that because, um, uh, you're talking when you're talking about my book earlier, saying you know, it's really simple and straightforward. Um, it's funny it probably because took you a long time to get it to simple and straightforward. Yeah. Well, no, right? but the, you know, there's, there's all kinds of quotes that, you know, when you look at, whether it's Elon Musk or Richard Branson or Steve Jobs, they all kind of have the same philosophy that it's very difficult to make things simple. And um, it's really funny because um, fans of the book, you know, the book has received lots of love, lots of praise over the years. Um, but it's funny because uh, the fans of the book love its simplicity and the critics of the book dislike it because of its simplicity. <laughs> so it's, it's, I think it's just amusing that you have these polar perspectives on it, but they're actually still agreeing on the same thing. And it's just funny to me because, you know, I love, I love reading business books. You know, I've probably read over a hundred of them in my life. Um, but they're always filled with, you know, case studies, um, that didn't apply to my situation. You know, I found, or I find them like super inspiring, but they weren't overly actionable. You know, you'd be like, this is amazing. And then you get to the end and you're like, what am I supposed to do? And so it was, it was very important to me when I set out to write clone yourself, I wanted to create a book that was simple. Uh, it was a roadmap that people could follow. It was straightforward. It took out all of the fluff. And that's kind of what I was worried about because I'm like, well, this doesn't feel like a, your standard business book. It doesn't, it's, mm -hmm. I mean, it's still 200 and something pages, but it's not like a Bible and it's not the tiniest font and doesn't have a bazillion, uh, you know, case studies of top, you know, fortune 500 companies. But I'm like, that's what I actually want. I want a book that I would read and I could get something out of and just strip away all the fluff and just the things that people can actually take away from, you know, regardless of their industry or their size. And, and that's like, what I did. And you weren't doing it to impress anyone. Like, do you well, know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. You, it was for people. Right. It was a tool to help people. And there's a workbook that goes with the book too. So people can insert their themselves. So it yeah. left base. And yeah. I think, you know, it's not like I'm up here and you're down here. Right? Yeah, actually, it really came from a place of giving. It was a place of sharing and saying, hey, listen, um, this is what, you know, do I believe that this book is going to help everybody 100%? No. Do I think that a lot of the information is timeless? And um, even if you get two or three nuggets, are you better off reading the book? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I don't I don't think it's wise to think in absolutes, especially when it comes to telling anyone how to run their business or run their life. But if you can just share what worked for you and it comes from a place of giving, um, people will pick up on that. And I think those are the people that are, you know, the book was intended for in the first place. Right. I have a chapter in my book. It's called Kindness Takes Less Energy. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. <laughs> Put out good things like, you know, something, sometimes you get mad. Sometimes things people say or do, uh, you know, pisses you off. I've sworn a lot in this episode, but whatever. Um, uh, you know, but sometimes you're just like, you know, that's going to really steer the course of this day in the wrong direction. Like, yeah. can I just either not put my time there or can I make this better somehow? Or, um, 
move on. And, and it takes a lot of time and to get to that. I was always like a really reactive individual. Yeah. And it has taken me so long to, you know, but writing, going through the process of writing that book and like having a story about it and uh, has been such a, a beautiful tool and um, helped me mature into, you know, the woman I am today and, 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 and helping other people. So it's just put, put good, good energy and give good energy to others. And I actually think you'll get it back. Oh, return. for sure. And like, uh, there's been countless times where we've had a coffee, uh, or talked on the street and I'm like, I don't want her to feel like I'm nagging her about her book and how, how's it coming? And I was genuinely interested and was rooting for you. Um, but I think it's, it, you know, a big part of, I think good business practices, um, whether, it, or, you know, even, you know, authoring a book and things like that when it's, there's so much information that you have to learn. Um, I mean, as you know, it's a steep learning curve and there's a lot of things that you have to overcome that. I mean, we talked about ISBN <laughs> numbers like, how do I get that? I mean, it seems so complicated and so foreign, but it seems such a waste to hold on to that energy or hold on to that information. You know, I believe wholeheartedly once you've accomplished some of that paid for and give it back it's like the universe you know rewarded you for the or um, is rewarding you for taking this idea and you know you created something that you didn't think was possible so why not give it back to somebody else so yeah giving and you know and just putting all that out there i, I couldn't agree more yeah mentorship and coaching is like a fast forward button yes it's, it's just like it's always worth the time it's always worth the money it's always worth the energy if you find the right uh people and um just like you know something that took you years to learn you can sit with me in three sessions and right. this is how i did it yeah um although my book took me a long time and you're gonna have to show me again <laughs> That resonates with the theme of this podcast, right? Just doing <laughs> things over a couple of times. So it will be better. I think well, it's uh, better the I second can, time we did it. But honestly, but this is this is where you know we started this uh the interview today with talking about jealousy. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is something that I've been battling for a long time because I when I when I clone your when clone yourself came out, um, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do everything. I'm gonna do have a video um component to it and like an online course and i'm gonna do these coaching uh take on these coaching clients and i'm gonna do these podcasts i'm gonna do everything and then i started burning myself out before i even kind of hit the ground running and i'm like what am i actually even doing here as i was coaching through uh with some clients and going through the material in my book i realized oh these things that i left out of the first book you know intentionally are still valid parts of the business um so when I was looking at cloning yourself and the idea of, okay, you're going to have these people that can basically run the business for you. Um, there was some more technical aspects of that, um, like strategic planning and things like that. But there's also like, well, what happens next? You know, how, you know, once I have the business uh, running the way I want, you know, what next? Because the reality is a lot of people, if they don't fill that void with something else, they go right back to, you know, their old ways. Mm -hmm. So um, while I feel jealous, from time to time when I see this happening, I know that um, the, the pivots that I've had to make are just a part of life. So have I started my course over three times? Yes. Am I well on my way? And do I feel confident where it's going now? Yes. So sometimes, you know, you do have to reset yourself uh, or, or change direction a little bit, but that's, you know, probably the best thing. Maybe that's the universe telling you, you know, that that path isn't for you go over here, even if it's going to, you know, you mean you have to 
Can we just cut that part out? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought. That's fine. Just scrap but that out. Now, yeah, but now when you're when you're thinking about it, um, you have the wherewithal and the knowledge that that wasn't for you, and you have you have the you know the path that got you to where you are, and it may have taken a different a different direction, but yeah. it it's it's more for you, like especially when now now you know like and i think it's a gift too because one-on-one -on -one, if that wasn't for you like one-on-one -on -one isn't really a sustainable thing if if you're going for grand masses and if you're going for something to accompany your book like yeah. I, I i do love a one-on-one -on -one too and i closed it down for a really long time and i opened it back up again because there were just a few people who just kept messaging me yeah and they'll probably hear this but there was no other, you know, I wanted to help them. So yeah. how well, can I thing. help them further? I, so I, I it's think... like a natural thing. And it it's and what I have found is that it's nurturing for both of us. And we're both actually like, again, I'm not up here and they're not down here. Right. There is something that is a give take relationship with these people. And I'm going to have a relationship now with them for a very long time. Um, so I think along the way, we always learn what is working and time and the only way we can do that is with time. Yeah. And I think, I think not for me, maybe there should be caveat that it's, it's not me. It's not for me right now. Right. right. So right. I think it's also a mistake to like, I just talked about earlier about thinking absolutes. I don't think uh, it's wise for anybody to say this will never happen or this is definitely going to happen. I think this is certainly a process, whether it's writing a book, you know, having a family, um, you know, running a business, you really do just kind of have to go with the flow a little bit. And I think that's more or less what, you know, having that dream life is all about checking all the boxes that you want to check off while still, you know, expecting things to go sideways sometimes and still having that mindset that, yeah, I accept that this will happen. But I'm still going to make the best out of it. Exactly. Okay. So life is happening clearly today. <laughs> All I'm around. just happy my internet connection. I, I, if it went out one more time, I was going to just come over to your house here and we'll just do it in your student. Because this is, um, anyway, so. Yeah, um, no, thank you for being here, Def. I appreciate it so much. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, I can't Where can wait. everyone find you? Uh, you can uh, just, honestly, if you just go to my website, uh, jeffhilderman.com or Google clone yourself, um, maybe Jeff behind it. Um, it'll pop up and on there, there's some free giveaway stuff if you're interested. Um, links to my book and all that. So because mm -hmm, with your book, they get audio too, right? Yeah, if you get uh, and if, a you, if you buy the book, you do actually get the audiobook for free. Um, there's a link in, in the book there. And then yeah, there's a companion guide and some templates and things like that as well. So yeah, it's great. But thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Friend, thank you so much for being here today. I sure do appreciate your time. Make sure you go check out uh, Jeff's book, um, clone yourself, and and follow him on all the things, and check out his website. And also, uh, if you're not a member already, become a member of our community. Uh, go to brandyhofer.ca and sign up for our newsletter and or send me a message. I'm happy to chat anytime. I love making friends online uh, because it's just... It's just so cool. It Social media is so cool that way because I tell you, I get to just meet my soul sisters online. It is the best. Um, and it has been the most rewarding part of this whole adventure. So also 
check out brandyhofer.ca uh the collection especially the taylor collection is just um if you had your eye on something uh, make sure you get it and also you can check out our online classes which we're working really hard on to make more because the portrait class was so freaking popular and i need to do a follow-up and um but you know life just coming coming back from i had three events this week uh women in business award i was awarded uh nominated not awarded that's okay i was happy to be there it was amazing beautiful night uh because it was the first women in business uh uh annual award which was very cool uh actually by our sponsor red bicycle communications and also our other sponsor nouveau later laser and aesthetic center who have made me feel so darn good about myself and have been on this like self-care healing journey uh, that has actually changed my life they were also nominated for the women in business award and Lindsay actually took it home from can do um auto and uh she just she was a boss it was awesome it was a fun night and then last night i did with oasis uh hot yoga and spin studio also sponsor <laughs> i just love my sponsors um we did a an appreciation night and we went downtown we did like uh, it was actually just full of women which you know i loved it i loved the energy and so we had like which i needed at this point like a lay down hot yoga sesh uh, not too hard but mostly just restorative flow and then we went and ate after so like you can see why these are my soul sisters <laughs> let's let's just uh mild mildly exercise just a little so we can check that off and then go eat a bunch <laughs> yes so that was really fun um and oasis is gonna do if you're local they're going to do those regularly because they're they've been so freaking fun and um then tonight i actually it was hilarious that jeff was on this podcast um <laughs> i'm going to their his wife tasha her birthday party and and their like slash halloween party so it's been a busy week but like all super duper things uh so yeah it's been fun and i hope i hope you're going with the flow and i hope you're enjoying life and if you're really going with the flow, stay tuned for this beautiful song by Soar by the Moon.
fluorescent that's landing on your fake face You can take it all from me Am I the wallpaper that you hang when I'm out of style? I would tear you down Tear you down I look suspicious, rip me open like a For some time for yourself to relax, release, and unwind, Oasis has the perfect space for you. They offer yoga and spin classes of all levels. Whether you are a beginner or advanced student, Oasis thrives on accommodating all aspects of the practice. Let their serene environment and gracious staff help you in your journey of peace, healing, and strength. Sign up online at www.oasishotyogastudio.com or by downloading 
the Oasis Hot Yoga Studio app. Feel like yourself. You deserve it.